Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Well done, Johnny. And I think one of the remarkable things, we thought there'd be many retirements in this race, largely from the GTP class, but we've still got the top seven cars in the race, the GTP cars. So any sort of pre-race consideration could a car from the LMP2 class win this race. They haven't got the pace to do so. They're being led on 646 laps by Ben Hanley. That's the CrowdStrike racing entry, which puts it 22 laps down. So we think not. But anyhow, it was an interesting thing. But the fact is, we started with 61 cars. We've got 52 of them still in the race with under four hours remaining. 20 hours on the clock and the weather's getting better and brighter all the time. The band of clouds that came in over the circuit has largely dissipated, depending what angle you're looking at. As the drivers go up onto the banking out of the International Horseshoe, they've got a face full of sunshine, which is great. So it's all looking fair and square and so much warmer than last year where conditions were tricky at the very, very best. To be gen- generous, quite frankly. Yeah. And I, looking again up and down the field of... Uh, the various manufacturers joining the GTP class. Porsche have had their hiccups. They've still got Nick Tandy, the number six car, in which he had a spin in fifth place, as you are mentioning. Sister car, way down the order. 16th place. It spent all its time playing catch-up, but from so far back, well, they're 38 laps down. There was no chance that they would get close enough to really be in the mix. They had not one, but two crises that uh, lost them so much time. But it must be said, Felipe Nazas, the Brazilian ex-Formula 1 driver, still pushing very, very hard indeed. 16th overall, lapping... Marginally faster than Scott Dixon, who's leading the race for Cadillac Racing in the 0-1. We're around the track here at Daytona on 107.9 FM, further afield in the US on Sirius XM 207. And remember that if you are in the United States of America, every single round of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship is live, flag to flag, just as round one is this weekend on RS2 IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. And if you're outside of America, uninterrupted in vision uh, via the world feed. So imsaradio.com for that. Click the live video tab. So if you're perhaps down under in Australia, if you are in the UK or perhaps in any part of Europe, basically outside the USA, you can click on the live video tab. That will take you straight, straight through to the live feed and you can watch as well as listen to our coverage of this year's Rolex 24 at Daytona, the 61st edition of the Rolex 24. I suppose that's not strictly accurate because in 1972, this was only a six-hour race. We've had various different uh, durations, but predominantly it has been a 24-hour race, certainly within uh, the certainly within Ro- Rob Lomas's recent memory, stretching back to 1997. They've all been 24-hour races, and uh, we continue on with the latest edition. This is round one of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for 2023. Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones, together with Nick Damon, and you have this from the pits. I have this indeed. Yes, interestingly, the 95 uh, Turner BMW car is coming the pro car, and they're doing a brake change. Now, normally, what would you, where would you expect the axle for the brakes to be changed? On the front axle. Yes, that's right. God, you're, you're up at these racing cars, aren't you? Uh, but no, it's the rear, so they're replacing the rear brakes. Now, of course, this is indicative of the issue of when you run this long without a yellow flag, um, eventually your brakes run out, and I'm looking at their pads, and they pretty much have run out. So eventually, you actually have to do this under very expensive sort of um, uh, 
green flag situation. So those rear brakes are being changed now. They've got dry brake system, which means that you can disconnect them without bleeding the brakes. So it's a very effective way of doing it. It still takes a while, and they are drilled in. Of course, the, the biggest issue is that the old ones are coming off at between 400 and 600 degrees centigrade. So it's a, not a pleasant job. But uh, so the BMW obviously has quite a bit of rear bias in its braking, and that has worn out those particular set of pads, and they didn't get a yellow flag to sell them. So unfortunately, they are... I can see on the side of the car, it's already ticking up to just under a minute they've been, they've been uh, uh, stationed. This, course, is the Chandler Hull, Bill Oberlin, John Edwards, Bruno Spengler car. And just about finished, so they've, uh, they are fit, they are quicker than the quick fit fitter. Well, they're not actually, because, oh, the, well, the man on the other side didn't have, didn't have one of the things he wanted. And there they go. So it was a kind of a, uh, you know, hey, Derek, Derek, why have, you, why have you got the tool? I want it. And they had to run around and get it. But they've done it, and uh, pretty effectively, I think, there, but not what something you want to do under a green flag situation. Certainly not. Not at 600 degrees Celsius, or indeed 1,100 Fahrenheit for uh, the more local temperature. Do you want to know that in Kelvins? 873 Kelvins. I knew that. I didn't know that, but now, this little uh, drop-down menu is perfect for any questions I related. I wonder what you were doing, and just as the 27 <laughs> hours in Martin I wonder what I was doing. I want to just throw one to Nick, because I want to know if the MRS GT entry, still listed as not retired, Daniel Frost, they've only got 368 laps on board. Possible engine failure, don't know, there have been a few of those, but uh, it's going nowhere fast. Nick, if you could find out about that one for us, number 43, that's MRS GT Racing. Yes, there we go. That uh, was that. Yeah, okay. I, I, I am, I am now apparently just one of your, one of your, your staff, one of your workers. You know, like the man who digs, who digs your pond and the man who uh, runs your garden. So that's fine to so say. Yes, yes, Mr. Bruce, I'll go up there to number forty-three. Very good. No, no, your place. That was a superb exit from. I want to say Darren Turner, but we'll get confirmation of that in a moment for car twenty-seven. But uh, whereas you know, in this championship booting the right foot coming out of pit the pit stall is actively encouraged it is pretty much outruled in every other championship it is Roman De Angelis actually who left two massive tram lines of the Michelin variety behind him but the car was about 90 degrees to the ideal direction of travel as he did so we've seen plenty of action related to that from the Corvette all race long and Roman sensibly on cold Michelin tyres weaving straight away coming out of the international horseshoe which he made nowhere near the grass there and vaguely was on the racing line and straight away left right left right on the straight to try and build tyre temp as quickly as possible the place you lose I suppose in the early part of the lap the tyre temp is actually on the banking where the tyres aren't working hard at all we said you barely need any steering input and uh, the tyres will probably start to cool down before they're then asked to slow the big lump of a GT car into the Le Mans chicane. That's exactly what car 57 is doing in the hands of Philip Ellis, Windward Racing. Clatter over the kerbs still sounds no more comfortable for these cars the further into the race we get. But he makes it through. That chicane becomes more of a straight line every time I look at it. Um, but the... The kerbs through the years have become more and more robust. I remember in the past we've had to actually throw cautions out because of the, the kerb actually breaking up there at the turning point. But uh, a solution to that was found a couple of seasons ago from memory. 0-1, Scott Dixon leading out right. Again, closing in on the 10 of Louis Delatraz and threatening to put it a further 
lap off the pace. Talk about being on the pace, constantly uh, supplying great laughs and information. Alan Prosser, the Lanzarote camel, uh, just referring to Nick, commenting about all the people he thinks work for me. He said, is RC Racing now the Ralph part of Ted and Ralph of the Fast Show? It's a British comedy show. Look it up and you'll find Ralph a very tricky character indeed. <laughs> right, so uh, Nick, it didn't take good. long for <laughs> Nick to follow I, I, instructions. I just, well, I just just thought in many ways really I'm, I'm missing out on a, a major career opportunity because obviously as I'm getting on a bit there must be a chance we become Bruce's old retainer doesn't it like uh, exactly in an absolute Ralph where I can live in a shed at the bottom of his garden and, and say countryfied old anecdotes I can also tell you the MRS team are not here they've uh, they've all left um, it is an abandoned pit and if they, had a, if they had a garage door, they would pull it down. So this one's not going anywhere, Bruce. OK, thank you very much, Nick. Only oh, fact, as you say that, they've now been listed as an official retirement. They weren't three minutes ago. Hey, well, only well, on Nick's instruction. Unt- yeah. It's, Nick it's puts only the official when Nick says it's official. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's a long way back to Germany, and they had to set out as early as possible when they realised they weren't going to get to a, the end of the race. A real shame, though, for that team's debut at the Daytona 24 MRS uh, are familiar in other championships, oh. of course, that we cover throughout the course of the year on the Radio Show Limited Network. Absolutely so. Right, we've been enjoying, about 10, 15 minutes ago now, the sight of Jordan Taylor, one hand around the banking. No less a star than Tiffany Dell. Questions about hands-off steering just being discussed on Radio Le Mans. Do they have power steering? Because when I drove a Porsche 962 there, I was struggling to keep the lock on with two hands. And I even locked my right elbow against the chassis occasionally to relieve the strain. Maybe they're just stronger these days. GT car, GT, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it could be that as well. Jordan Taylor, you know, works out every every opportunity he gets. Um, they've got ABS because the GT3 cars. I think they've got a little bit of traction control. Power steering, I don't know that. Maybe a little, but, you, I mean, again, on the banking, they are reasonably heavy car. Well, they're 12, 50, 1300 kilos, but there's so much... Uh, extra elec- uh, electrical gadgetry on these cars these days. Um, maybe there is a little bit of steering input as well, but I've, I don't think I've ever seen anybody quite as chilled as that, uh, as we were talking about maybe an hour ago for Jordan Taylor in the uh, number three Corvette. That is, remember, a detuned GTLM car. So it's an old GTE machine which has been made into a GT3, but therefore it still has to have all of the extra devices that a regular GT3 car uh, is found to have elsewhere on the grid. Well, it's working very well for him because Jordan Taylor still leading GTD Pro, 18th overall, but he's under 10 seconds clear of Danny Junkerday, who's playing catch-up, and suddenly... A race is broken out. You suddenly find six cars negotiating the very same part of tarmac, going through uh, the... Le Mans chicane, of course, famously last year. On the final lap, we had a sort-out, if you remember, in the GTD D Pro class. But, uh, again, suddenly, we talked about this last night, you could be running in traffic, in traffic, and suddenly you get a moment where almost no one in front, no one behind. But this is quite the reverse of that, with four prototypes and two GTD runners all trying to negotiate the same bit of tarmac, fortunately, without anybody coming to blows. Uh, just going back to that point about GTD Pro, Daniel Junker, Danny Junkadea is closing in all the time in that class in the number 79 WeatherTech racing Mercedes but Jordan Taylor still out front in class by nine seconds or so for Corvette racing the yellow car at home and we'll see if that can go to another famous win for the team here on home ground at Daytona 
You refer in the sort-out to the epic scrap at the end of last year's race between Mathieu Jaminet and Laurence Vantor, of course. Were they both in Porsches? Yeah, that would fit. Yeah, that it? would fit. And, yep. and also afterwards, you know, there was a lot of applause for the fact no hard feelings between them. They're both racers and they both would have done the same if they were oh. the driver doing the attacking. Yeah. But it was one of those moments. You know, sometimes you think, right, in the final few laps, we'll just wind down. Now, one of the drivers who's been absolutely flying has been the Zero Four car. Ben Handy's done a monster sint. It's now being driven by Esteban Gutierrez, but like a greyhound, Nick Damon's gone down there. He's gone from wrinkled retainer to greyhound in the blink of an eye, and he's caught up with Ben Hanley. Uh, ben, very monster stint there, and then brought the car not into contention, but into the lead when he brought it in. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been there or thereabouts now for since probably midnight, I think. We've been around there. Um, yeah, it's kind of a game of cat and mouse at the moment uh, nearly everyone's fuel saving so um, yeah we've got enough to stay where we are um, car's pretty good especially towards the end of the stint um, feel like we've got good pace um, so yeah pretty happy with it but we've still got three and three and three quarters of an hour left yet so eyes eyes forward keep doing what we're doing just keep ticking them laps away yeah, it's very much a case of just of turning it around. I mean, how, how physical is it out there? Because obviously it's, it's much warmer than it normally is here, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. It's up and down all the time here, isn't it? Sometimes it's 29 degrees during the day and other times it's minus three at night. So you never know what you're going to get. But, I mean, we've had pretty consistent temperatures, really, throughout the race. So, um, yeah, it's good. I mean, it's it, point there because obviously we're getting this rotation of P2 cars. Is there actually anything you can do tactically, or is it just a case of turning laps and, and, and hoping the other people make mistakes or you can go a bit a half a second faster? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so easy to get frustrated in a stint. You know, sometimes you get a stint and you hit the traffic in the right places and you look like you're amazing, you know, and then another time you get in the car and the car will be exactly the same, but you just hit the traffic in the bus stop or you just get it coming onto the, the back straight or, you know, you just get it out of turn one and you've got to wait, so... You know, it, it can make a massive impact to your track position, just where you get the traffic. So some fall for you, some don't. It's, it's like that. So it's it's important not to get frustrated and keep your head down, looking forward. Great, so thanks, Ben. Uh, I'm 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 going to be off uh, off air for a bit, uh, Johnny, because I've got to go run in the 3:45 at Walthamstow. It's a 4:40 meter run. Okay. Well, uh, as long as that was pre-arranged and you've got permission, then we'll allow you to. Well, no, Bruce told me I'm his. Bruce told me I'm his greyhound, so you know, got Ellie Keep, isn't that's, I? That's, that's good no- dog knowledge. That is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, we set we set oh, the yeah. rabbits <laughs> off around the outside of the circuit. And then Nick slavering. If you mentioned Wimbledon, him. then I would have got it. But of course, Wimbledon uh, doesn't doesn't exist anymore as a dog track, at yeah. least. Well, Walthamstow is the most famous dog track of all. Yeah. That's where, that's where all that's where all the East End lads make all their deals down the dogs at Walthamstow. I don't think anybody here at Daytona has got a clue what you're talking about. But uh, very good point. I'll uh, yeah. I'll be back in a second. Yeah, I know they must do greyhound racing somewhere in the states. So certainly, horse racing is a massive deal here. As is car racing, so I understand. And we're right in the middle of a stonking car race right now. Unbelievably, we. We must be about six hours away. No, I'm 12 minutes away from having had six hours of clear running to this point. Um, and the more we go, the more I'm thinking maybe it will stay green to the finish. Uh, we're, obviously, we've had the retirements that we've mentioned. And to total those up, three, ten. six, ten. Thank you. So 51 cars remain in the race. 
That's still a good number. I know I'm, I am freaking people out by saying, can't believe you've mentioned the, gr- the G word again. But after six hours, what else can you do? <laughs> Five hours and 50 minutes of it. And to be honest, well, some people are saying, why can't we have a, a tempering of the pace now to make it arguably more interesting? Still, well, have we still got three cars on the lead lap? Because Alex Lynn was getting pretty close to the end of that 138 lead lap of Scott Dixon. Dixie is going to come in, in fact, at the end of a 28-lap stint. Yeah, so 28 laps. This car is capable of more like 30 laps, Nick. So, again, are they doing a bit of back-timery, to use one of your words? You can tell us about they the stop. Could be back, they could back time. What I will tell you is that uh, they're finally letting Scott Dixon out. Sebastian Bordet gets into the car, slides in. Frenchman, now, of course, a native of Florida, not just down the road. And it's a full set. I think they're giving him all four tyres this time. They decided to be a bit stingy with previous tyre allocations. Another tear-off comes off. I don't know how many tear-offs they put, they put on that windscreen, but they're certainly getting through a few of them. Uh, the data stick is taken out. The drinks bottle is refreshed. There is clean-up being done in all the areas that marbles are connected inside the wheel arches. And there's still plenty of time now they finish before the fuel goes off. And that was as quick as it's going to get. The car, the car rolled as soon as it hit the ground. So a great stop. Very efficient indeed. Almost as if they've uh, gone through those actions 26 times previously, which is exactly what they have done. And the Corvette, Corvette from the lead of GT Pro, Nick, yes. Yeah, and this is a, another full service. Um, luckily, it's not. I have turned around, I can see that, without getting run over. Uh, out is getting uh, Jordan Taylor. In, I think, is getting Tommy Milner. Pretty certain it's Tommy. I saw him earlier on. Uh, Four tyres, fuel, and then at the end of this will be the most enormous noise as it powers away. But I think I'm a little bit too far away to give you the excitement of that on the microphone. Now then, you know I said about certain people maybe wanting a caution. Well, the 20 LMP2 car has left the road in the hands of Anders Fjordback. I'm trying to work out where on the track that is. It's at the Le Mans chicane. Lake Lloyd in the background, and rear deck has been removed along with damage on the right-hand side. The corner worker down there is looking to try and get a thumbs-up from Anders Fjord back to make sure he's OK, but that's got to be a high-speed entry to that area and has slammed into the tyre wall. Still trying to get confirmation that Anders is OK. Sitting on the left-hand side of the car, so that is the better place to be, of course. Local yellows being displayed, and it is now a full course yellow. So we were eight minutes away from making the six-hour marker, but this could really spice things up. I think, as Ben Hanley had been saying, they were running, they were in a fuel race and trying to take it as easy as possible, and entering into the four-hour to-go marker. And, well, out of this caution, we could see a very different complexion of this race. But what it will do is reset the whole field, Bruce Jones. It certainly will. Bear in mind the race-leading 0-1 Cadillac had just come in for a pit stop. Sebastian Bourdais taking that over from Scott Dixon. And this also might be a slightly long period because the uh, medical officials are now alongside the car. The rescue crews alongside still waiting to see how Anders Fjordback is going. But that could be the little twist that maybe just slightly hampers the 0-1 that had been leading the race. It was ebbing and flowing between... That race leading Cadillac and Simon Pagenaud's car, the number 60, Meershank Racing Acura, um, of course, running different sequences. But now the opportunity to jumble it up and uh, maybe for those that hadn't made a pit stop to come in and uh, 
get some of the, the, the fluids and the, everything they need on board. And that phrase I like so much, virtual energy, virtual fuel being packed in as well. But for now, we're looking at uh, shots of Anders Fjordback sitting aboard, talking to the race official, moving around inside the car. But uh, certainly for the high-class racing, Orica, the race has run for them, damaged on the exit of the Le Mans chicane. Still trying to find out exactly how this has happened, whether there was another car involved or whether it was a lose into the braking area. But if your car is not braking in a straight line, that is always going to be a high speed off and very gingerly indeed. Anders Fjordback is now being helped out of the car. Oh, that's not a nice sight at all as it arrives at high speed, unabated speed into the Le Mans chicane. It's only when that happens you get an idea of the approach speed to the left and right flick there. And it just looks like, well, the, the taillights came on to indicate that Anders was braking, but the car just did not react, Bruce. Right, to explain the chicane is left, right, right, left. And he did the left part fine, but when he went to the right, unfortunately the car turned to the left for the second corner of the four-corner sequence at the Le Mans chicane and uh, rotated around and went in pretty much three-quarter rear into the tyre wall. Anders is now out of the car, stood there gingerly. You can see him standing up straight to his full height, talking to the medical crews. But uh, that was a big hit against the tyre wall there. And it's going to take a little bit of a while for this car to be towed clear. But the good news is the Dane is out of the car and no doubt being taken off to the medical centre for inspection because any impact of that sort will have uh, really shaken, shaken any driver of any age up. But uh, Anders is young, he's fit, but that was a, a big hit into the tyre wall. But again, Johnny, the tyre wall did what it needed to do. So while Standers Fjordback is taken to the medical unit, he'll be taken to the medical centre as well for a checkover. We can head to Nick Damon, who's managed to grab Jordan Taylor from his latest GTD stint. Go ahead, Nick. Jordan, you came in in the lead. Does this yellow flag work for you or work against you? Uh, I mean, we were coming in that lap anyway, so I think it worked out. Uh, we were saving fuel those last two stints, so we went a lap further than the 79, which is good, but... Yeah, now it's kind of a reset for everyone. We had a nice little gap, I think about nine seconds there. So it's going to be a tough, tough couple hours here. I don't think we have the outright pace for that 79 car, but I think with our guys executing the pits, calling a good strategy, uh, I think we, we still have a good shot at it. I mean, it, how, how, how difficult is it out there? I think you saw some shots of you just you know, going around with one hand. Is it, is, it, is it that easy? No, I mean, you're on the banking for so long, so there's no, no reason to be stressed on the wheel the whole time. So... Our Corvette really likes the high banks around here, so it's a nice, smooth ride. Have you kind of worked out what speed it is but it'll go around on its own? Uh, we haven't hooked up the cruise control here yet uh, or the lane assist, but uh, maybe come 2024 with the new Z06 GT3R, we'll have lane assist, cruise control, maybe that matching the, the cars in front of us, so, uh, so we don't have to work too hard. Fantastic stuff. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Don't use a radar cruise, though, because as you're catching a class leader, it'll just drop off the pace of the car in front of you. That's the last thing you want to be doing. Uh, but uh, lane assist on the high banks. It might happen, you know. We might get to a stage with self-drive cars where we're watching hopefully another version of the Daytona 24 with... Uh, no, that's a stupid idea. No drivers. Crazy. Johnny, five minutes. Sin I think power. I will have to uh, leave the room for a period of time. Um, three and a half hours ago, and we're about to, as I say, reset the field with... The pit lane closed straight away as soon as the yellow comes out. But then a flurry in a moment of GTP cars, you would have thought. Although, 
Now, you mentioned Bourdais got a stop before the yellow came out. Is that the car, the that, zero that, that's one? That's correct, the racing yeah. zero one. So two laps in, and that's a really nicely timed stop from Cadillac to have preempted the caution and got in before the pit lane was closed. Pagino's 21 laps in, so looking to, to pit in the next, well, with the caution, it could well be another 15 laps before it needed fuel, but you might as well take some on board now. Alex Lynn will also be in need of fuel, regardless of whether it was a yellow or not. So that's fallen really nicely for the 0-2 car. But, Nick, you've just spotted a car entering a closed pit lane. Yeah, it was 0-2-3, the Ferrari 296. Uh, that has uh, just obviously got to take those five seconds of fuel. There's nothing you can do. I've just researched the name. Is it Trivosi competition? I'm mispronouncing that one. Of course, that'll do for me. Oh, no, it's 023. Sorry, it is the Therese... Triassi. Thank you very much indeed. Triassi. I had someone else's teeth in there for a moment there. Yeah, so we're waiting for a complete set of GTPs. We usually see the 01 comes in for a top-up. No one's just one lap behind, are they? So no one can just make it back up again. Or is there anyone just one lap behind? No, the nearest is Louis Delatraz, two laps back. So that ain't going to happen. So I, I, well, I assume, I assume, therefore, he will try and get one back. Yeah. With hopefully another one of these unfortunate yellows later on. And if I could just cut in, I, I do love the listeners' collective, and this is backing up Nick in all purposes here. Blur's album, Park Life, was uh, the front cover photo. The photograph for the, the album was taken at the Walthamstow Greyhound Racing Stadium. So Nick, ahead of the game as ever there in the world of four-legged friends. You learn something new every oh, day. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm right up with major 1995 album releases. <laughs> <laughs> right in your uh, sphere of knowledge. Right in my What's wheelhouse. Good, when, what, it, you know, but, but anyway, when Pop Mars has any song after 2005, that's three points I'm not getting. Mm-hmm. And that's a reference that no one at this stadium's going to get. I well, do apologise. Ken Bruce <laughs> is leaving Radio 2, isn't he, to continue that uh, reference. So, do, is that the end of Pop Yeah, they all come. I hear that. Oh, no, he's, oh, taking, he's, taking it, he's, he's taking it with him, much as the uh, uh, Cadillacs are all coming in to take a pit stop. Oh, the two's been blocked by the one. The one obviously taking a very small amount of fuel only. Uh, and, oh, there's a driver change as well for the two. Uh, out, in gets Richard Westbrook, out gets uh, Alex Lynn. The one limps past him and blocks off. The, it's like, it's like the, the, they're all circular on a Monday morning at the moment. They're all getting each other's way, but no one's hit anywhere else. It's fine. The... Uh, the 60, the uh, Acura of uh, Maya Shank, that has had a full service as well, but has not had to repump its gearbox. It's just done the, the normal things. There is some fluid going into the Cadillac Zero Two, uh, and they've done a full service and driver change. Not changed the nose, which is interesting because that nose has got damage on it, and this will be their first chance. And away it goes, just avoiding my feet by about a foot. For that, fires up and. Yeah, I think, I'm not quite sure, I think most of the cars that were a lap down, or multiple laps down, did not come in that time, decided to give themselves a chance to get one of them back. And of course, we now have a very quiet period, and all the GT cars will come in. Delatras stayed out, so he gains a lap back, so he was two laps down, now only one. Nick Tandy stayed out, three laps back. That's now two, and Colton Herter stayed out as well. Now, he was a long way back. Six laps becomes five. Pipa Durrani choosing not to stop either. Um, but surely we'll have to during the caution at some stage, because Durrani 
well, was on course for a stop within the next couple of laps. The caution will help, but won't get him much further out of the caution. So I'd expect the 31 to need to stop again fairly soon. But yes, the top three and those cars on the lead lap all coming down pit road, which is no great surprise. GT's next time around, as Nick says. There's quite a queue developing. Oh, what's happening on the infield? Some overlapping. Now, the discarded banners, advertising hoardings on the infield, are a scar of what happened overnight when Nick Tandy lost his number six, 963, from uh, Porsche Penske Motorsport through the kink. If you weren't around at the trackside or indeed listening to our coverage at the time, caught the kerb whilst lapping an LMP3 car at the kink, and that spared the car off onto the turf, arriving into the Western Horseshoe backwards, very much on the grass and did significant damage to the rear and the front of the number 6 uh, 963, but also to the Rolex branding that sits on that uh, turf as well. And I've just wondered then, in the traffic of rejoining cars, whether there'd been some confusion. Clearly, overtaking is not permitted whilst we're under yellow flag conditions. And I thought I caught a car at least overlapping another, which would have been needed to be rectified immediately and race control might take a look at that couldn't in the uh, short term identify which cars were involved as a bmw not very far away which would have been number 24 colton herter trying to get some heat or retain heat in the tires simon pagino in the number 60 acura from Maya shank racing that car retaining its driver from the pit stops Day stayed on board the 01. Richard Westbrook got on board the 02. And the 57 car will be the first of the GTD cars to head in the direction of Nick Damon. Yeah, it's a complete, uh, a complete set. Here comes the hard racing 27, the 32 uh, north of Mercedes, the 80 T-Bird. Um, as I say, a full set. Suddenly now a, a vast number have not taken the option to do this. This is really interesting. They, I assume they're all now deciding to get laps back if the leader went. In comes the, uh, the Lexus. So it looks like some of the, the, the couple of the cars that are still in the lead lap have decided to come in. Everyone else is just going to run, trundle around. Which is probably going to mean that the, the pretty busy lap is going to be the one where they're all trying to catch up laps. So after such a long period of, uh, of green flag running, there are so many cars that, can, that have, have come off a lap, not necessarily the leader, to people who are near them and are trying to catch it up. So we only actually got the top three or four um, of the GTDs in the two classes and a couple of stragglers. Um, right, and we Nick, have got the FAF racing car as well. Yeah, and just worth pointing out, Philip Ellis came in from the lead of GTD in the 57 um, Windward Racing Mercedes. Indy Doncha, I think, has just taken that over. They had to get up to pit exit and stay still until they were told to get, get a moving and get out there. Yeah. But importantly, uh, tucked in behind was the number 27 uh, heart of racing Aston Martin. There was just two and a half seconds between first and second in the class when they came in. We'll see what it is when they go out, but it, they all seem to be nice, clean pit stops down there in the world of GT. Is the um, is the FAF still on the uh, lead lap? No, that's no. a way back. Klaus Backler, you're right, and the number nine car came in. Because they did come in, yeah. They didn't bother getting a lap They back. didn't get laps back, agreed. Um, no, they're, they're four, four laps, down, three laps, they? four laps, three laps down on class leader at the moment. No, they're not. Scroll your screen hide it. Four laps down on the class leader. Tommy Milner, of course, for Corvette Racing. He's out on the track. Coming out of the International Horseshoe, about to take turn six and then ride up high on the banking, waiting, of course, to unleash the thunder. Full course yellow here at Daytona. So, to remind you, 
on that lap, the Winwood and class-leading GTD car from Mercedes and Philip Ellis stopped, car 57. Roman De Angelis came in. Actually, there was a driver change there, Indy Donchert taking over from Ellis. Roman De Angelis pitting in the heart of racing. Aston Martin, as Nick mentioned, Jack Hawksworth came in in the 14 Lexus from Vassar Sullivan. And Roman Grosjean in the number 63 Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo 2 also chose to come down pit road. And Klaus Backler we mentioned, but you know, there's a span of where those cars were, actually. And it's interesting that particularly the Grosjean car, 63, the Iron Lynx entry in GTD Pro, didn't choose to push on and gain a lap back. That must have been being desperate for fuel, I would think, and couldn't afford to get a lap back, despite the nearly six hours of running under green flag conditions. Still some unwinding winding of the order to take place. The final wave by now being done after the stops, the second bout of stops have all been completed and reordering taking place before the full restart, Bruce. I'm just wondering, oh, the 0-1 Cadillac looked uh, you know, really quite comfortable in the lead of the race. It had the advantage, it had the pace, but uh, having pitted just before the high-class racing Orica, uh, went backwards into the tyre wall with uh, Anders Fjord back on board that triggered this yellow flag period. It does give uh, Simon Pagano in the 60 Shank Racing Acura and Richard Westbrook in the sister Cadillac a chance to catch up, but also the number 10 Acura. You know, it was two laps down. Ricky Taylor, Philippe Albuquerque, Louis Delatraz and Brendan Hartley. Louis is at the wheel at the moment. That might get it back one of the laps that it's missing. And then what we'll have left, what, three hours, 25 minutes remaining in the race, and they'll have to hope, Johnny, that you can predict another period of full-course yellow that's at a fortuitous time for them. I was just getting a bit impatient, really. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I like a, a long period of green, but we were verging on one-quarter distance under green flag conditions. And uh, this race, historically, needs a, a bit of yellow, I think, to make it really exciting. It was a good battle, don't get me wrong, already with three GTP cars on the lead lap and very spicy indeed in the GT ranks. But we've now well and truly hit the reset button and the top three in GTP are going to be nose to tail at the restart. A lap between the, G the LMP2 runners, remember, Guido van der Garde in the 35 from TDS Racing, clear of Esteban Gutierrez in the 04 CrowdStrike Racing by APR car with Nicholas Nielsen. Um, on the same lap as Gutierrez, 4.7 seconds adrift. Actually, no, scratch that. They've all just gone through the latest split and they are within 11 seconds of each other. So Gutierrez and Nicholas Nielsen gaining the lap back again that they had had, according to the screen. And, yeah, the top three in LMP2 will be nose to tail at the restart. Meanwhile, another flurry heading towards Unic. Yeah, it's got, it's got quite busy because everyone who's trying to make a lap up. I've got the, uh, uh, the Paul Miller Racing um, GTD number one car, the BMW. It's obviously the GTD uh, rather than the pro car that's gone to, came in from 10th. Actually, there's a, bit le a few less takers than I thought. We've got the 21, that's the AF Corsa Ferrari. There's a couple of um, the uh, more laggardy uh, P2s. Both, we have got both uh, Porsches have come in, as has the... the, the uh, 
BMWs. This is where the GTPs are all making a lap back. Not mm. quite sure why the six and the seven are, are, are toughing it out on the pit lane, to be honest. They've now got sensible and let the six take the lead. So we, it, so we had three GTPs coming getting a lap back. It was uh, the BMW going, from, I think, from six down to five laps down, and then the number six uh, Porsche going from three to two laps down. So, you know, there's a possibility we might see some more. Ah, oh, and another car getting a lap back, of course, is the Konica Minolta car. That'll go, what, to just one lap down, I think. Though, actually... It might be, unless it's, it's just going to get out in front of the safety car and avoid not getting this lap back. In fact, it's not going to get the lap back because the safety car is going to come around at just the wrong time. So the Conica Melter car has made a mistake or has been too late or has done too much work. It's having to wait at the end of the flag. So it did not get its lap back. The Conica Melter car did not get the lap back. Interesting. OK, so we'll remain two laps adrift. Um, we'll get confirmation of that, well, probably through the next split, but uh, exit from pit road restricted at this stage, whereas Nick Tandy did get out in time. Colton Herter got out in front of the safety car as well. So we didn't have driver changes there, but we did have stops for the number six Porsche 963 from Porsche Penske Motorsport and for Colton Herter's BMW, the M Hybrid V8 rejoining the racetrack, having uh, had some fuel. But Louis Delatraz, the time is ticking by with the car stopped at the end of pit road and having to wait for the safety car train to trundle its way by before it will receive a green light and yet more takers to pit road. Yeah, we had the Inception uh, McLaren. We had the uh, the Vault uh, racing um, Porsche. We also had the... Uh, PR1 Matheson P2 car coming again, so I think they've decided that they need to get themselves off, off kill to try and get the lap backs they need. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, I kind of expected to have a massive flurry, bang, they'd all come in, but it's obviously people are, are tactically working out what's going on, and whether they're now kind of finessing the fact that actually it's going to end up with a lot more green, I don't know. Uh, the wheel engineering had like the 31, that's just come in again, so that should get one of its 16 or so laps back, but that's a, a long, long period. Um, and the Racers Edge car, I can see right down the far end, that's the Acura, the 93 car. Uh, that has got people working on it and, and beyond the standard tyre change. I, I wonder, and uh, you know, just looking with my big eyes, I think they might be doing brakes, but it's a long way down, and this is a very big pit lane with very poor views because there's so many people standing in the way who are, of course, all the officials and other pit, man- uh, pit workers. Yeah, but it's uh, not a bad guesstimate, nevertheless, from the distance you are away. Thank you for that, Nick. So this at the moment is a six-lap caution. This is still only caution number nine of the race after, I reckon, five hours and 50 minutes of not having a caution. Yes, the the previous one ended at 14 hours and 33 minutes. And then at 20 hours and 21 minutes completed, caution number nine came out. And at the moment has been of five laps. Generally speaking, cautions have been lasting six or seven laps after all the wave-by action has taken place. And then we can get back to some good, solid, close racing once again. Louis Delatraz has finally been permitted to rejoin the racetrack in the number 10 Acura from Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport and stays, confirmation of this, stays two laps away from Sebastian Bourdais. I'm looking forward to the restarts. The restarts are always fantastic. We had several during the night, and it's uh, rough and tumble for the first few laps. But I think 
possibly the roughest tumble might be for the lead of the GTD Pro class. We've got Corvette Racing leading Tommy Milner, just a whisker in front of Jules Gunion. And Jules, if you've watched him over the years, uh, won't take no for an answer in his efforts to get the uh, WeatherTech Racing Mercedes into the lead of the class. And interesting hearing uh, people out of the Corvette uh, reckoning, of course, that the ultimate pace is with the Mercedes here. But of course, Drivers always talk the other manufacturers up, but it's going to be a, a, a true red-blooded scrap, I'm sure, between the pair of those. They're 18th and 19th overall. And for a lot of this race, we have, of course, GTD Pro and GTD, and we had the GTD runners actually leading, but it's a long story. But some of the cars in Pro are there for the reason they want their bronze driver to have the, the, the least amount of track time to maximise their pros. But uh, you can't have two more pro pros than Tommy Milner and Jules Gunion at the front of that class. But Roman DeAngelis, he's next in line in 20th overall, first car in GTD. And the Canadian is nobody's fool, particularly around here at Daytona. So I think we're in for some fireworks. Top of LMP2, Guido van der Garde and Esteban Gutierrez. Well, that's quite mouthwatering as well as they go for the restart. But hold on a second. Front of the field, Sebastian Bourdais, the 0-1 Cadillac, ahead of Simon Paginot, the number 60 Acura. And uh, the 0-2 Cadillac, Richard Westbrook. They will be nose to tail. That should be pretty mighty. Entirely so. Very much looking forward to that. Westy new into the 0-2 car to join the battle of the established Simon Paginot and Sebastian Bourdais, who've been at the wheel for a little while. Now, even with the sustained running between caution number 8 and caution number 9 of 5 hours and 50 minutes, distance record is still out of reach. We needed to have 729 laps completed at the end of this hour, which is 16 minutes away, and we're currently working lap 686. Difficult to judge on a reduced pace right now, but if you feed 3 hours and 17 minutes in with a lap time of 1 minute 40, then 118 more laps to go. So we're going to reach... I think in the ballpark of 750, which, to be honest, has been the general theme of things. After eight hours, we completed about 250 laps, 16 hours, 500. So 750 is a reasonable target. One thing is for sure, we're going to go racing again, coming out of the ninth and most recent caution in a couple of ticks because the GTPs are entirely nose to tail now, feeding their way out of Speedway turn four the stars and stripes flag fluttering in the breeze fairly strong breeze here now at daytona and maybe to take advantage of that at the restart is simon pagino who as soon as he saw the green flag drew level and drew right past sebastian bourdais who's been caught a little bit napping there pagino tries the high line it's three abreast meanwhile in the background between nick tandy in the recovering porsche 963 car number six He's trying to fend off Louis Delatraz as well as try and get a lap back on Richard Westbrook. Pagino to the race lead on the infield ahead of Sebastian Bourdais. So the Acura gets the much better of the starts, heading for the left-hand kink. Superb driving from the Frenchman. So enthralling, so difficult to drag your eyes away from what we were seeing with uh, Pagino taking the lead. But in behind there were three abreast and really... In the thick of the battle is Richard Westbrook, not knowing whether to look left or right. And Nick Tandy in the Porsche, number six, trying to go around the outside there, door handle to door handle. If they had door handles, and uh, it's just 
Westbrook prevailing for a second and Seymour Pagano now got company the Cadillac side by side and the Porsche goes to the uphill side up high on the banking the number six there three abreast you've got a blue nosed Cadillac a yellow nosed Cadillac and the red white and black Porsche goes past the pair of them but of course what comes next the Le Mans chicane will two into one go will three into one go well we're about to find out Johnny side by side They'll have to sort themselves out before they get to the Le Mans chicane. WeatherTech Racing Mercedes on the inside. Bright yellow Corvette on the outside. And uh, no quarter or given. But actually heads up driving from Tommy Milner. Realising Jules Gounon had the ideal racing line into uh, Le Mans chicane. I.e. the left-hand side of the racetrack. And just got out of the throttle on the brakes early. There's some grass tracking taking place though. Further back in the GT Daytona field. And that was a Lamborghini Huracan, I think, briefly off into the grass on the approach to said chicane, still warming the tyres up at the end of the first racing lap, three and a half miles on from the green flag being shown. Pagano now turning right at the International Horseshoe. He leads Sebastian Bourdais in the 0-1 and Richard Westy Westbrook in the 0-2. Nick Tandy, I remind you, two laps back. Louis Delatraz two laps back as well but Tandy making a nuisance of himself despite not actively being involved in this leading trio scrap to Nick Damon quickly in the pits yeah the 35 uh, TDS LMP2 car do a drive through uh, Guido Van Ogard on board that's obviously one of the uh, we have four cars that to go through we'll have to get the rest of the numbers uh, basically they've, they've, they've pits on infringement that's really important for that car because it's going to drop it out from contention behind a load of traffic Good point. Was leading the class in LMP2. And let's just check the race control messages to find out exactly what the infringement was there for uh, the car in question. I can give you some more people who've come in to make their pit stops. Car 32, yep. not pit stop drive-throughs. Mike Skeen, the 32 uh, Mercedes. That's a quarter-off car. Mason Felipe, the number 85 uh, JDC Miller Motorsport P3 car. And James Vance, also from P3. Car number 87, that's Fast MD Racing. So four people having a little bit of a trip up and setting them back big time. But anyhow, Simon Pagano uh, started the lap in the lead of the race. Sebastian Bordy moved ahead. It's nip and tuck in every single one of the five classes here. Probably P3 is the only one in which it's not nip and tuck because Nico Veron leading that big time in number 17 from AWA. So Guido van der Garda's drive-through was for pit entry violation. Oh, that's stopping when the pits, pits were closed or it won't have been a speed violation because we definitely have a pit lane speed violation next up for car 32 and that will be a drive-through as a result 85's been pinged with a drive-through for failure to adhere to the full fuel time so nozzle being attached for the correct amount of seconds and more than emergency fuel for car 87 um, so you can come in for an um, emergency fuel service, which is attaching the nozzle for five seconds, but for no more than five seconds. And car 87, which is the fast MD racing LMP3 car, also being given a drive-through penalty because of that. It is all happening, including at the head of the order, because getting a very good run this time on Simon Pagino, not to change the race leader, remember, but to at least unlap himself. Nick Tandy doing that in the braking area for the Le Mans chicane on the back straight. And Tandy's Porsche Penske Motorsport 963 darting up the inside. Pagino was never going to force the issue there. And one of his two laps gained back again for Nick. So just one lap behind Pagino. So he'll have to go all the way around, catch Pagano again, 
unlap himself one more time, and then he can start to scrap. So it's still a long way away, although not necessarily if we get another caution in the near future. No, and again, it's really where the teams and their spotters have to make it absolutely plain to their drivers. If someone's a lap or two behind and they're hassling you, let them through. And that's exactly what Nick Taddy wanted to do. And as the cars were released... Uh, to full speed racing again, going down into turn one. You can see Nick Tandy was darting inside, going outside, looking to gain places. He knows the others can't risk getting cl too close to him. They can let him through without any trouble at all, but he's made a really, really clear run of it. And uh, in many ways, as he approaches the point on the circuit where he had his spin, no, just gone past it now, uh, in under cover of darkness, he's atoning for that. And expect the Formula Mall winner to probably stretch his legs, pull away a little bit. But what have we got left on the clock? Three hours and 10 minutes. It's an outside chance. He's running in fourth at the moment, but now he's, well, 1.99 laps in arrears, not two. Working lap 6.90. 11 away, therefore, 10 and a bit from the 700-lap marker. I think we'll get into the mid-700s, but not quite close to the 800, and we'd need to go 33 laps further on than that to reach a record distance. Always going to be a tough ask, and it ain't going to happen in 2023 in the new GTP era. You get a funny feeling that perhaps these cars might be able to get to that distance in future years, though, once they've all been sorted out, their niggly issues have been ironed out of the process, and they've been trimmed out as well because they will gain pace year on year at the Rolex for sure. This is just a venture, really, to make sure as many of them get to the finish. And in future seasons, we'll be looking to pound them into, a, into uh, well, what the, the, the pace that they can give us in the true context. Interesting little side number here. Nick Tandy's just put the fastest mm. lap all race and all the top GTP cars. You know, the, the fastest one set their fastest lap on lap six, lap eight, lap ten, but... Uh, Lap 688 of the number six Penske, sorry, Porsche Penske Motorsport entry. Number six, Nick Taddy, fastest lap of that car's race. One minute 36.234 seconds. He's got the clear track ahead of him, but what I'm also sensing just at the moment is that uh, the Acura is going back, the number 60, to how it was when we came on air at the half point in the race. It was faster than all around it. And then we had the Cadillacs, they're running second and third now. Sebastian Bourdais, Richard Westbrook. He's just got a little, little bit more pace. They managed to get onto his pace. He's now putting it out again. So maybe the slightly warmer daylight conditions are suiting him very well indeed. But Nick Taddy, that was an impressive lap. One minute, 36.2 seconds last time around. Again, you realise the eagerness of the, bit, the Brit to try and get ahead of Pagano and into clear air. He could tell this car was mint and in, on, on rails because of new tyres for the number six and pretty much a full service at the last stop and if you've got pace you need to be allowed to use it so had to get ahead of Pagano as quickly as possible and the 136.2 which is still 0.6 of a second slower than Tom Blomqvist's effort on lap six by the way so what was that about 10 to 2 yesterday afternoon certainly in the opening 10 to 15 minutes of the race and still, that stands as the fastest lap of anybody so far. A 135.6 from Blomqvist in Simon Pagino's car, the number 60 Meyershank Racing Acura. Side-by-side -side action up ahead of the Faf Porsche. That's a Lambo to the inside and to the outside line. The 
I can't make that car It's out. one of the Turner Motorsports BMWs. BMWs. Of course it is. It's an M4, isn't it? Instantly recognisable from the other end with the snarling nostrils and the Bavarian branded roundel on the top of the nose there. Faf car straight line, the chicane there, I noticed. So you could hear the 4.2 litre uh, flat six in the back of this car all of a sudden having to change down dramatically because it couldn't slow. Now, whether that was a bit of distraction because of the two abreast cars up ahead, it was Klaus Backler driving this car the last time I checked. It still is the Austrian running fifth in GT Daytona Pro, but that's lost him a big chunk of time. And now battling alongside is the 77 from the GT D-Class. Kevin Estra up on the high side in the vault liveried Porsche. Yeah, well, he lost he lost at least three, three cars... Uh lost three positions three cars coming past so just a little bit of outbreaking into that chicane and for Faf Motorsport just going to have to build on what they're achieving here but unfortunately you know it's just been not a Porsche race in GTD at all well, that was the right motorsports Porsche to the high side making uh, advantage of Backler's mistake so did he run out of brakes I was trying to work out which of the which of the BMWs that was oh and it, it was, was Brian Sellers the number one yeah and I, he just got simply in too close. I think the, the BMW actually braked a little bit more than um, Klaus Backler had, had reckoned he was going to do and simply got very close and had to swerve around it and then it was too late to turn into the chicane. But uh, these things happen, particularly on a restart. And again, you can see the effect of not being able to get the power down smoothly on the exit of the chicane as he rejoined. And uh, certainly uh, the bright yellow, uh, I think it's number 70, 77, the Volts uh, liveried uh, Porsche went past from right Motorsports uh, very nicely driven there made the most of the occasion but yeah Spinelli and Sellers getting a bit tangled up in the braking zone for the Le Mans chicane and as the BMW eased out to allow the Lamborghini space to dart through on the racing line it was checking up and I don't think Blackler was quite expecting that so he had to leap on the anchors as well in a classic freeway type incident car behind needs to slow even more than the car behind that and the car behind that has to check up even more and eventually Backler thought I ain't going to get through the chicane here and instead had to had to squirm his way through the tyres that gave Kevin Estra the advantage in the right motorsports the Volt Porsche in the day glow yellow colours and Estra I'm not sure whether he gained a place necessarily on Backler are they in fact on the same lap it's uh, all a bit of a tangle to be quite frank, no, in Kevin's GT Daytona and Estra's no, further back, many isn't laps it? Down. Yeah. Now, 1 minute 36, good lap. 1 minute 35, better still. That was uh, 1 minute 35.9. Nick Tandy extending the pace of the number six Porsche. Still listed as uh, best part of two laps down. And he's lapping as fast, if not faster, than race leader Simon Pagano. So it'd be good for Porsche to see they've got that sort of pace this late in the race. And let's face it, for all these crews with these brand new GTP cars, so much to learn. Three hours they've got to keep going. Well, no, not three hours. Three hours and three and a half minutes until the chequered flag could be unfurled at the end of this. The 61st running of the Daytona 24 hours. We started with 61 cars. And Johnny, we still have... All but 10 of those running. James Vance bringing up the rear, the 87. Duquesne entered by Fast MD. That's the back of the pack, has had the most problems. 5.57 laps on the board for them. 6.93 laps on the board for Simon Pagino, Sebastian Bourget, and now Bourget, and now Richard Westbrook. Now Decent. it's time for predictions. Oh, Nicholas is, it? is about to stick his neck out. Nick Damon down. I the am. Pits. Well, it's not, unfortunately, it's not a very positive prediction. I predict that the 24 car is about to go behind the wall. Um, the BMW from Team Mario L. 
Uh, a, because it's been slowly dropping off the rest of the car. It's running about a second or two seconds lap slower. Uh, secondly, because a, a large number of mechanics just walked out of the, uh, the uh, RL area with uh, the dolly wheels and many other things. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I think that car is going to have some repairs. The 25 is going very nicely, 24 much slower, and my guess is behind the wall very soon. Thank you very much, Nick. And, of course, that is uh, the wrong way round, if you can imagine, from Team BMW Team RLL, because 25 was the one that was hugely delayed with hybrid problems very early in the race. Johnny reported how it was very cleverly you know, pulled off the circuit into a special area uh, that kept it safe just inside the turn four of the, the speedway. That lost all the time. And number 24 is listed... Number 25, I beg your pardon, is 50th place overall. Only more than 51 runners. They've had their problems. But unfortunately, number 24, with Colton Hurtle on board, is sixth and losing touch with all ahead. Still got 10 laps here of the 31 Whelan Engineering entry, though. So they're still sixth overall, still ahead of that third of the Cadillacs. Very close to another hour of the race having been completed. We're at 10.40 in the morning here in Florida for the 61st edition of the Rolex 24 at Daytona. And here's the VP Racing Fuels in-race update then. Uh, it's Simon Pagino who leads. Remember, that's the car with the fastest lap so far as well. We're six laps away from the 700-lap marker. And car 60, the Meyershack Racing with Kerb Agajanian machine for Simon Pagino leading by just 0.7 of a second as we are relatively close still to the ninth caution. And this is the real action station stuff now. Sebastian Bourdais in the 0-1 Cadillac, the first of the V LMDHs. 0-1 in second, ahead of the system machine, 0-2 of Richard Westbrook. Fourth position for Nick Tandy's number six, Porsche Penske Motorsport 963, having wriggled free of Pagano, gaining a lap back in the process, and now getting a real hustle on not too long ago, setting that car's best lap of the race. He did a 135.9, compare that to the 135.6, which still sits as the fastest lap of the race set by Tom Blomqvist many, many hours ago. Colton Herter, predicted by Nick Damon, having to come in. Yeah, the 24 car just hearing going behind the wall from sixth position. That was the better of the two M Hybrid V8. So a real shame for the German brand. Jack Aitken in the 31 Cadillac from Whelan Engineering is in seventh position. Esteban Gutierrez, he's just set uh, his car's best lap of the race not too long ago, which was a three which was a 140.048 and heads the LMP2 class for CrowdStrike Racing by APR. Got Nicholas Nielsen for AF Corsa in second spot in car number 88. And then it is the 52 machine in the hands of Paul-Luc Chatin for PR1 Matheson Motorsports. So PR1 back into the top three in P2. Ahead of TDS Racing, Guido van der Garde, number 35, who had to take a penalty because of a pit stop infringement or pit lane infringement. And Proton Competition, James Allen, 55, fifth in P2. LMP3, absolutely streets ahead of all of its competition is the AWA number 17 car for Nico Verone, 16th overall. You've got to look way down to 32nd overall to find its nearest competitor, the Performance Tech Motorsports uh, machine, number 38. Sean Creech Motorsport, which had led so many laps in that category, hit with an actuator and related problems. 33 spent just over half an hour in the pit lane. And Nolan Seagal still at the wheel of that, but that's 34th overall, third in class. GTD Pro, led by Jules Gounon, the WeatherTech Racing all-white, well, with the WeatherTech branding on the Mercedes-AMG, number 79, is in the lead, ahead of Tommy 
Milner in the Corvette racing number three. Roman De Angelis, third of the GTs, leading GT Daytona, though, for Heart of Racing team number 27. Then it's Jack Hawksworth, Vassar Sullivan, RCF number 14, third in pro, fourth when you combine both GT classes. And let's give you the top three in total of GT Daytona. Indy Doncha in the Winwood Racing Mercedes 57. Andy Lally in the Magnus Racing number 44. That's your hourly update brought to you by VP Racing Fuels, the official coolant of IMSA. Stay frosty.